Hi everyone, I'm Anjali. Today we're going to be talking about social issues and the intersection of mental health. I'm with Box ATL today. I'm 16 and I go to North High School. Hey everyone, I'm Sanjana. I'm 16. I'm a teen staff writer here at Box and I go to North Gwinnett High School. My name's Prince. I'm 13. I go to Decatur Middle School. Hey y'all, I'm Nasir, or I go by Kit. I'm 17, homeschooled, and I work here at Box. Awesome. So to kick us off today, our first question is, how do you think the increase in social movements like BLM or Stop Asian Hate and general social issues have impacted your mental health? Okay. Um, hey, everyone. It's Sanjana. Um, for me, firstly, I don't think it's had a direct impact on my mental health, but I think in the long run, it can cause like general anxiety for certain people because, I mean, most of these things... You know, they're not planned, they're unexpected. It's it's terrifying for some people. So I think general, like, increase in anxiety. And I think that also kind of puts it out, like, when people think of mental health, they don't think about depression and, like, tangents of it. But I think there's, like, multiple aspects you can look at mental health. So, um, The increase in social justice movement has made me feel, like, nervous and uneasy. Like, I don't like, I mean, I know BLM is, like, a good movement to help black people but I just don't like talking about it. it just makes me feel like uncomfortable speaking on it I don't know how to like thinking about it um yeah just to like jump in there um I feel the same way as somebody who is like black and the movement is based around like people of my color and you know of my race I feel like this um movement really it kind of puts a a target on your back almost um and I feel like through the movement, through what I've been seeing a lot of, especially from predominantly white people who are like BLM heavy, they don't necessarily mean it. To them, it's still a trend. It's still something that's like, I can put a sticker on my wall, I can call it BLM and say BLM and change my profile picture to black or a fist. And, you know, it's it's means something to them when it doesn't. And it's taken a toll on my mental health that just makes me question so many things about can I really be safe or is it just a trend? Is it just for now? Is it gonna pass over? Will I be able to walk into a restaurant or anywhere else and actually feel like I can be there? Like I can sit there and I can eat and I won't be judged or feel like I'm going to be harmed. So it's really made me feel insecure and that insecurity has led to a lot of depression and anxiety through a day-to-day life, especially here in Atlanta. Yeah, this is Anjali, and just to reinforce what Kit said, to me it's kind of like a paradox, because I feel a lot better about talking about my issues to my friends just because of the increased awareness around it, but I think I'm also really exhausted because everyone automatically looks to me as a person of color to explain these issues, to explain these movements, and just to advocate for myself. And constantly seeing the current events on social media 24-7 really just makes me feel fatigued and burnt out from constantly needing to deal with these issues and advocate for them. Um, But that kind of brings us to our second question. Yeah, so does your mental health feel burdened or do you feel burdened as a person of color? from the increase of advocacy and these social movements. Yeah, um, kind of what you were saying before, you know, being a person of color, when there are 
um, okay, you know, there's been like um, a Hindu genocide recently, and a lot of people are talking about it at school, and you know, I, I identify as Hindu, so a lot of people, you know, they tend to ask me questions about it or kind of what's happening, and it's kind of very, very stereotypical because. Um, throughout middle school we learn about world history when it's always the country that you're learning about people who um, aren't from that certain place they always turn and look at that one person and I think that can always be so stressful like in general and I think it puts a lot of like peer pressure on certain people and generally can just like lead to decline mental health um so yeah my mental health does feel burdened like um when I was in third grade we watched a movie about slavery and as there are only like three black children in my class and during the time the slave was whipped, everyone started staring at me and the other classmates. It just felt like awkward. My heart just started beating fast and it's like... Yeah, exactly. To jump on to what Prince was saying, I've also had those experiences back in fifth grade with somebody who I thought was my best friend when we learned about 9-11. I was a open practicing Muslim. Um, my name is Muslim. I was practicing to be a Muslim. And he completely looked at me and he was like, oh, did your grandparents do that? Um, and I know that you guys can't see my face now, but I have these very almond-shaped eyes. And so with that, a lot of people have always looked at me, like when we learned about the Hiroshi bombing, they've always looked at me and been like, well, you're Asian, so like explain it to us. Why did you guys start the war? Why were you guys so bad? And I'm always just kind of like, one, that's problematic in so many ways. You're you're putting me in boxes that I'm not even in at all. And two, it, it puts a, a heavy burden and stress on me to clarify and make sure that these people are properly educated before they say that to the wrong person, before they say that to somebody who's been through it so much that it's literally their last step. Like, they just can't take it anymore. And it's gotten to the point where it's just complete annoyance like it's it it makes you want to shut down it makes you want to not even believe what you're hearing like everything that's just going on that you're hearing from these people that that's coming out of their mouth honestly are you really saying that to me are you really going to do that are you right now so for me it's it's been a huge burden but I feel like along with that burden it's been kind of like a blessing because as a person of color, I know that I can go to my other people of color and feel that sort of similarity and that really nice compassion of understanding what I have been through and to have people that are actually properly educated on what's going on with them or me or whatever through their own experiences and my own experiences. So it has been really stressful and it's really just, just, it's tiring, but it's good to know that it's happening now and that it's out there and that I don't grow up in a world anymore where I'm just like so naive to everybody being good. And I know now that there are people out there who love to be ignorant and they love to just say whatever they want and it's never probably going to change. ignorance and POC solidarity. So now we're just going to jump into kind of an open conversation where you guys can say anything regarding your opinions on the topic. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, so this is Sanjana, but I definitely think it's the the part of the social injustices kind of interact with mental health. It's the harmful stereotypes that really put put a certain stress on like people of color and when there's certain um you know like certain hate crimes or certain events that happen either targeted or um created by someone's like certain identity it's just it's so like terrifying to be especially like an open environment like school where i think it's just even and you're not even being equipped with the proper resources and i think that's just terrifying yeah definitely the increase in um just general awareness around racism has also increased the response to it, which is inherently pretty racist. Um, I, I could jump in really quickly. Um, for me, I've realized the stereotyping has been immense. I come from a family where I have five sisters, and they all vary in tones and skin tones. And I actually have a sister who's half Japan and half Black. And when she came to visit, It was a completely different experience for her, especially even within our family, um, that was colorist and very just judgmental. Um, She wanted to become more a part of her Black culture. She wanted to feel like she could actually say she was Black and mean it. And so she was interested in the braids and the hoop earrings and all of that stuff and even... Like I said, within the family, people looked at her, frowned, and they looked at her like, what are you doing? And I've been experiencing that, like, the more and more I hang out with my family, like, there are really, like, dark skin toned um, people in my family. And then you have, like, people like me who are, like, way lighter, and you've got other, like, really, really light shades. And there's a saying from a really long time ago that if you're light skin, like, super light skin, you can stay. If you're like a caramel skin tone, you're like, all right. But if you're dark, you got to go. And it's crazy to still live in that world where that saying, it's not getting said, but it's still getting pushed. It, that, that, it's still going. And it's, there's no stopping in sight. And it's scary. And I, I need for it to stop. It has to. Because how am I supposed to, you know, give kids to this world and say go outside and go make friends if that's still going on yeah i think what kit says really puts a wrap up on our conversation for today and summarizes it really nicely um but that closes our conversation on the intersection of social issues and mental health for today you can check out vox atl on voxatl.org or on spotify soundcloud or Apple Podcasts. Make sure to check us out frequently for our next conversation on virtual learning. Thank you for listening.